Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we resume our lesson from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which deals with spiritual gifts. In this message, Pastor Harris teaches us 12 truths about spiritual gifts to keep us from speculating beyond what the Bible teaches. Please listen closely as Pastor Jim teaches today's slice of this week's message entitled, Don't Be Ignorant About Spiritual Gifts, Part 2. Most Christians who have gotten into that kind of thinking that they need to discover their gifts get frustrated by their inability to do so. Or they take the inventory and say, well, I have three gifts. Now I'm schizophrenic. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Uh, and on the other extreme, focusing on just one gift and, and saying, that's what I do, well, that can limit a person's willingness to minister as the Spirit leads. I mean, what if you think that, that your gift is teaching and God puts a bruised and bleeding, bloody person that was just uh, mugged on the sidewalk in front of you? Well, I'm sorry. Go in peace. Be warmed and be filled. By the way, do you know about the doctrine of the sovereignty of God? No! You bend down and you bind up the wounds. So it has caused some parts of the body of Christ to become like that centipede that used to know how to walk, and then he tried to figure out which foot to move first. It can really be a confusing thing. Another thing it can do is cause people to rationalize lack of service. Some Christians fixate on what they think their gifts are, and so they use that as an excuse to only do the things that they want to do, the things they like to do. And as I said, the more mature a Christian comes, the more effectively he or she is going to minister in a wide variety of situations. Another thing that happens can be self-deception. I've seen cases where the result of the find-your-gift process is someone um, thinking he has a gift he doesn't possess. They really, they know what they want to be, and you can tell when you take a test, if you answer this way, it's going to go that way. That can happen as well. And the other thing that can happen that can cause problems is pride and unhealthy comparisons. Uh, that was one of the problems in the church of the Corinthians. They were exalting certain gifts, and they were downplaying the importance of others. Well, I can see the end of the list coming. We're almost there. Number 11 out of 12. Gifts of the Holy Spirit are not the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Go to Galatians 5, and 23. You can find that very familiar list of the, of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the things the Holy Spirit produces in anyone who is walking by the Spirit. Those are the attitudes that all believers should have always um, as they serve, regardless of what the gift is. So, People who say that they're using a spiritual gift, but they are... Now, let's negate that fruit of the Spirit list. If you're saying you're doing ministry, but you're unloving, or not joyful, or not at peace, or impatient, or unkind, or doing bad things, or not being faithful, or gentle, or lacking self-control, 
Well, you're not under the control of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't affect your giftedness, but it's something that requires your confession and repentance. It's your duty to manifest the fruit of the Spirit at all times, no matter what your gift is and no matter what you're doing. And number 12, you might not be using your gift. How do we know that? Well, Paul, who also wrote 1 Corinthians, wrote to uh, Timothy late in his life, and he said to, to Timothy, who, by the way, he had left in, in Ephesus to pastor the church there, he says in 1 Timothy 4.14, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. Well, a command like that tells you, you can be neglecting your gift. Or 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, he's still reminding him, and he says, for this reason, I remind you to Kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. That would refer to him being ordained as a pastor or teacher in the church. And then we have the generic command to all believers in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. And he says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. He wouldn't command you to employ your gift if it wasn't possible to be missing out on doing that. So it's a present, present imperative. It means you're commanded to keep on using the gift that has been given to you. Now, there's the list, quite a, quite a list. It's crucial for you to understand spiritual gifts. Gifts are things the Holy Spirit does. Gifts can be counterfeited. Gifts are using your gift promotes unity. Gifts are not a sign of, spiritual, of maturity or spirituality. Your gift is not for you. Your gift is unique. You're not commanded to know your gift, and seeking to know your gift can cause problems. Gifts of the Spirit are not the fruit of the Spirit, and you may not be using your gift. Now, there's a big old list I don't care if you can memorize that list. I don't care if you can recite that list, but I would urge you to use it a couple of ways. First of all, um, that's a man-made list, so check out the list to verify the accuracy of those observations. I've hammered out that list with a little bit of adaptations from a pastor friend that I heard his version of it, and I thought I could improve on his, and now I've done this several times over the years, and I've improved on mine. Improve on it. Understand, they are derived from the text of the New Testament, but um, you might be able to improve on them. Second thing, watch out for claims concerning spiritual gifts that don't match those observations. Not because they're my list of 12, but because they are derived from Scripture. Unless teaching on spiritual gifts or any other doctrine comes from the text of Scripture itself, we need to reject it. Now, In the remainder of our time, I want you to let the Holy Spirit teach you from the whole of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, That's 31 verses, and you're probably thinking, oh, this whole virus thing went to Jim's head. He thinks this is live online. He can just speak speak as long as he wants to. Well, I could, but I won't. We're going to move fast. We won't touch on every detail of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And as a matter of fact, I've already decided we'll circle back. And on Wednesday night, we're going to tackle some of the things that I don't have time to go into today because they take quite a bit of time. 
Now, as you look into 1 Corinthians 12, we already have to some degree, but now we're going to take the whole flow in the context. The first three verses deals with some false claims about spiritual gifts. Some of the Corinthian Christians were equating unusual, um, intense spiritual experiences with spiritual gifts. Uh, And uh, similar experiences that they had had before becoming Christians, now they were just bringing them into the church and calling them spiritual gifts. So sometimes, and this kind of sounds bizarre, but you'll see it here in the text, sometimes even demonic activity could be confused with the work of the Holy Spirit in the church. How do I know that? Well, 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 3. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, so he's referring to things that they'd brought from their unsaved past. When you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, I understand that raises fascinating questions we don't have time to uh, fully explore today, but I will say it is evidence of the great craftiness of the enemy of God, that Satan would be able to inject into the church uh, confusion even at that level. Told you we're going fast, verses 4 through 7. Now there are, and here are those words that we ran across, all interspersed in these four verses. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Now, a couple of things to point out there. We already looked at all five of those key words. But understand that, first of all, all three persons of the Godhead are involved in you serving by using your spiritual gift. The Trinity is in those four verses. Secondly, understand that every use of every gift, every time, is always for the common good of the body of Christ. Not for you. It's for building up everyone. All right, move along. Verses 8 through 10. For to one, and here comes a list of the gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the Spirit, and to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healings by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. This is one of the two lists of spiritual gifts in the New Testament. The other one's over in Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. This one has greater emphasis on what 2 Corinthians chapter 12 calls the signs of an apostle, special uh, revelatory gifts that are given. The, the one in Romans 12 is more like the kinds of things that most people do most of the time. But understand, from what we've seen about the uniqueness of gifts, the uniqueness of people, the universality of the plan of God, um, we take these lists as merely representative of various things that the Holy Spirit does through Christians. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.